0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
1: Exclusions apply. Hello, it is the Survivor Series post show here at Post Wrestling. I am John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting. Hello, Way. Hey, John. How you doing? Um, I'm doing well. It's 1141 PM. Um, I I miss those 2020 pay-per-views where we would have been starting this maybe an hour and a half ago.
0: Yeah. Has that changed?
1: Well, this was a, this was a fairly lengthy show by, I mean, like what, what have they been averaging recently? I mean they've been longer since they've been back with with crowds. We're 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 right. it's also the later start time now. We're starting at eight as opposed to seven with the main mm. show. So right that goes into all of it. But uh we've got a whole show to talk about from the Barclays Center tonight, which uh I mean uh in terms of just physical bodies in this arena, I mean it looked full by the end. Like they did have, I think, a big pickup the last uh over the the past week, but this was a very, at least numbers wise, very strong crowd.
0: They were claiming on commentary fifteen thousand. Is that yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Which is, I mean, even in the best of times, it is set up for like those those legit sellouts they've done at Barclays. Like it's it's set up for like thirteen, and the, but they always say fifteen.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, anyway. it sounded like a healthy crowd tonight.
1: They're they're back there, same arena tomorrow night. Which which has not been a uh, as the idea of going back to back nights uh, has not been. The big success it has been in years past where they have done uh, sometimes uh, more than two nights in a row at Barclays Center. They did, God, three, maybe even sometimes four back in the uh, SmackDown days on Tuesdays, I think.
0: Well, they gave uh, some big teases tonight for something to come tomorrow. So we'll see if uh, that drives up any interest.
1: Uh, Yeah, that is my only explanation for it all. This was a very, um, like this show... (laughs) We knew ahead of time, like, Rock is filming, like, in Australia. Like, that had been the story that was out there. And tonight's show, I I definitely questioned, like, the structuring of this show. Like, everything they did on this show that was just driving that crowd to believe that this man was going to be showing up at the end of the night.
0: Absolutely. And if not tonight, then tomorrow. With this uh, Cleopatra's egg mystery. So, um i I definitely don't think it was unintentional
1: I cannot imagine it of course it was not unintentional. um it's just everything was driven to <laughs> expect that that I feel like it impacted like the crowd in this uh main event that were just like silent for the first half of it up until the rock bottom spot, and then you've got the crowd chanting rocky uh i'm I'm surprised the crowd did not seem more uh kind of deflated by the end uh with the way the show ended because the whole if you were in that arena i don't care how um how much in line you are with all the news and everything you had to be believing that something happened that th- there's no way this show has totally been structured around this one person showing up
0: yeah it's you know like you mentioned the guy's name enough you show these little video packages throughout the the show enough times you even you, you know
1: spots you did the egg deal i mean all I of mean, this stuff
0: Vince showing up and bringing Roman in specifically to mention his cousin. Uh, and even on commentary, really, you know, like it, it felt more than simply a cross promotion for red notice. But it could have just been that.
1: Uh, it could be. I mean, as far as I know, he's in Australia, which would make it um quite difficult if you were unable to get to this show because you're in Australia, but could somehow make it to Monday. But I mean, we will see in the next 24 hours. So way. When you sat down tonight at whatever time it was, how did you feel? Like in terms of excitement for the show? Yeah, just like what, What? Uh, you know, where was your interest level as it was the show was staring you at the face and you were looking at your next uh, four hours dedicated to the Survivor Series. Mm. Was, that a, was that a good proposition? This is prying you away from succession. How did you feel? <laughs> you know, um,
0: the build has been awful. For this it's either been awful or non-existent maybe with the exception of charlotte versus becky lynch mm. I,
1: I think this week and especially like the um some of the interviews that were done outside of wwe programming like i i do think that struck a chord with people and honestly i said it on friday i thought the video package which they replayed tonight was phenomenal i thought it was mm-hmm. really really well done video package
0: yeah yeah i mean the you know i still think there is like an air of excitement around one of the big four shows happening um I I put no value in any of this kind of brand supremacy stuff which I don't even think they have been lately compared to previous years.
1: It wasn't even a thing tonight. Like you did have the like yes it's Raw versus Smackdown, but they made no big deal about the numbers. I mean, it was over by midway through the show. It's not even like it wasn't even a big thing. Like there's no big celebration for Raw. It's it's kind of just there. It's not even a a, a focused part of the broadcast
0: yeah yeah so my excitement going in i think was pretty much like this was another wwe pay-per-view um not necessarily one i, I was all that curious about to see the results of besides maybe how they would you know work in some workshoot elements with the charlotte becky stuff um but beyond that it it just kind of felt like another show to me what about you
1: i mean I-, I was the same i can't say i was um sitting down look, look i was looking forward to the charlotte becky match and uh Reigns and Big E to a degree. I mean, it was really a two-match show for me going in, and I'll say coming out of it, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. But I think certainly this, I would say almost one-match show for me with, like, Flair, uh, Flair and Becky that I assumed was going to be a, a very good match, and it, and it turned out to be. Uh, we had the kickoff show with uh, our entire panel here, including uh, Booker T and Jerry Lawler, Kayla, Kevin Patrick, and Peter Rosenberg. Uh, There was almost nothing to this. Uh, Sasha Banks gave a speech to the team. Couldn't remember Shotzi's name because they're feuding. And we go to Shinsuke Nakamura and Damian Priest. And Rick Boogs would constantly play the electric guitar to distract Damian Priest. And it got to the point where Damian Priest yelled, This is your last warning. And Rick Boogs did not take this to heart. So he continued... Uh, Pat McAfee was on commentary. They mixed up commentary throughout the night with uh the Raw and SmackDown teams. But on this particular match, Pat McAfee is calling a Damian Priest match. And he had so many questions about this guy. I thought yeah, Pat McAfee is either just a tremendous uh, SmackDown homer or this guy has never watched Raw. And I, I could totally buy that he does not watch Raw because he didn't seem to have any idea about Damian Priest. Perhaps, yeah. I mean,
0: it it kind of fits in with the character, too, on this show. I will say, like, you know, Pat McAfee's commentating style is either completely obnoxious and aggravating or completely lovable, depending on how you view it. But I will say on a show like this, where you have to kind of play up the brand rivalry, I thought he was actually perfect, you know, for this type of show.
1: His tone certainly worked. I think it really could have helped if kind of Graves was coming back equally, it almost felt like the others were like, yeah, dude, dude, calm down. It doesn't matter. Like that Mm. was kind of it. Like Pat McAfee was the only one invested in this. Yeah. Um, Which, which I thought going in was going to be a a plus, but I think he needed more so people to bounce off of and get that raw counterpart. And it just felt the others all, all played a neutral role. Right. Right. So the Kinshasa gets stopped with a choke slam. Nakamura stops a reckoning, and Priest goes to the Gogo plata when Boogs plays for the last time. This gives Nakamura the ability to break free of the go-go plata. If only Takanori Gomi had Rick Boogs in his corner for the Nick Diaz fight to get out of that go-go plata. Uh, Priest goes after Boogs and in the process destroys the electric guitar, which got the only reaction in this match. And then Damian snaps. He's Ken Shamrock in 97, and he strikes Nakamura with the broken guitar, and he is disqualified in nine minutes and 25 seconds. Welcome to the Survivor Series. (laughs) And this this was like the opposite of that incredible Leonard Garcia Korean zombie fight that everyone raved about as like the greatest fight you could put on the prelims to sell people on the pay-per-view this was the complete opposite i thought this sucked this was not even a good match before the crappy finish that you got at the end but we're starting things off with (laughs) one of smackdown's two victories uh coming by way of disqualification from a broken guitar
0: it was a match really done to further this damien priest unleashed you know um jekyll and hyde character um And beyond that, not much else, you know? Like, Nakamura and Boogs don't have any sort of character or any sort of gimmick beyond, here's a guy who plays guitar in between this wrestler's matches, and somehow this is like a babyface gimmick. It is awful. It's just absolutely awful. But I I suppose as a way to tie it into this Priest thing was maybe the most kind of creative usage of of, uh, this horrible Nakamura gimmick that they could come up with. Um, But beyond that, it, 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 to me, is a state of, like, how meaningless these mid tier titles are and have always been, you know, again, if you asked me who these champions were a week prior to this match being announced, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, And this was an otherwise pretty, pretty throwaway match that I can't see convincing anybody to check this show out. If they haven't already,
1: the crowd booed the finish and I, I disliked it at the time by the end of the show. I hated it because at the very least I said, okay, They've got to have Nakamura win so that we have the numbers balancing each other out and they don't want to beat Damian Priest. It's lazy, but okay, that's the position they're in. By the end of this, why? Like, why couldn't Priest have just won this thing outright and then destroyed the guitar after? We could have just done the story that SmackDown totally flops, which is the story, and Reigns is the one that wins the big match and he is the relevant one on SmackDown. Like I didn't even understand what, what is the final tally at the end. It was 5 to 2 for Raw. This was one of their SmackDown's two wins. Like what what difference does it make that Nakamura won this by DQ? We got to protect it, Nakamura. He cannot suffer a defeat. I, I I I'm guessing in their
0: minds it's less about protecting Nakamura and more like, you know, trying to get this unhinged Damian Priest character over. He he doesn't care so much when he's angry that he's even willing to throw away a match. Um, that's that's maybe the biggest explanation I can give. But in the end, I don't even know who's really keeping tally. Like you know, like I don't, I, Me, I don't know. I kept tally five to two. But I, I I don't even know if they would bring it up on on screen. Like who would bring it up? Sonia or Adam Pierce? Like they have no allegiance to either brand.
1: Well, they're going to be celebrating on Monday and furious on Friday this week.
0: Pretty much, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, this was a very very disappointing match. I thought so. Kevin Owens came to the panel. He said he wants to redeem himself tonight after his recent actions. And then a limousine pulls up. Vince McMahon gets out of the limo. And he is carrying Cleopatra's egg. Now, I didn't realize that I had to watch Red Notice in order to understand uh, this pay-per-view.
0: Red Notice is canon in the WWE. Oh, no, it's not, actually. He informs us later that this was not a prop from the film. But the real Cleopatra's egg. It's
1: the real one. Yeah, it's a $100 million egg, mm-hmm. um, which could have, uh, you know, he could have sold this egg and retained a lot of performers over the last two years. <laughs> and uh, that was the start of our Red Notice involvement. Now, I know everyone is going to just groan at all this. I mean, we, we have to get used to all of this stuff because, dude, that, that zombie tie in last year. They made a ton of money off that, and I promise you, tonight was a very profitable night for this company oh, between yeah. Red Notice and Pizza Hut,
0: and uh, Capital One, Draft Kings. Like the amount of commercials that we saw involving WWE talent on the show, felt like it was a different level. And I, 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 I suppose you can consider that, consider all of that a sign of success. You know, like
1: I, to me, but, like but you I, as the viewer can absolutely complain about how it is uh, presented to you uh we have seen uh clever integration um and then we we have also I, I wouldn't even say like the red notice stuff was like overbearing uh this egg thing was a little ridiculous but it is designed to set up all of the talent from ron smackdown
0: have we seen clever integration on this show
1: uh i was talking more so about AEW because they they have integrated uh some stuff more more interesting than uh that we have gotten here with zombies and uh and the like <laughs> right
0: you know, I will say, like, Vince does not make many appearances. So the fact that he did for this.
1: There's a reason uh, he doesn't make many appearances, and we would get to that later tonight. But it also suggests that
0: either this is a very lucrative co-promotion deal that they have going on with Red Notice, or there's bound to be you a can't spe- have Adam
1: Pierce show up with this egg. We need something more prestigious. Okay, no, hey, but Vince? Serious,
0: seriously, though. Like, I mean, it, it, or it demands a spectacular star-studded payoff for, for the angle.
1: Well, and this also serves the function of Tomorrow Night's Raw. They are advertising now both rosters will be on uh Raw and mm-hmm. Vince is going to be on Raw. So this is also serving a a need on television where I mean let let's they are coming off some very bad numbers on Raw and it looks like they are going to the drop-down menu and one that has been hit many times over the years and that is bring Vince McMahon back to television. Yeah. The pay-per-view proper, uh, it started with a video all tying around uh, tied around Red Notice and the Survivor Series matches. And then kicking things off was Becky Lynch against Charlotte Flair with Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, and Corey Graves on commentary for the opener. And Charlotte made her entrance first, and then Becky comes out. Might I say, you know, every year we have been very negative on the t-shirt delineation between both sides. Outside of that battle royal, no t shirts and the color coordination on this show was uh, tr- terrific.
0: You liked it. Yeah, it was very good. Like, uh, especially on the Survivor Series teams, every at least like one particular side would be more. They worked wearing it into, into like natural
1: gear selections that were red or blue instead of look at me, I'm a dork with this shirt on. Sure, all the dorks yeah. were contained to one match. Yeah. Becky comes out and she is just staring. Uh, a hole through Charlotte and just has her eyes locked on her as she walks down the ring and she's trying to get at Charlotte immediately as the referee is holding her back until the bell rings. And they did not try to do what they did with Charlotte and Nia a while back where they came back with the rematch and they just tried to make it into this like fake shoot. It was like they were going to have their pro wrestling match, but it was with such an added intensity that I thought They carried that through for the entire duration of the match, that this felt more um, just a a higher level of aggressiveness than we got on anything else on the show. And Mm -hmm. I thought both women were terrific in this.
0: I thought so, too. You know, I was very curious to see if they would do something embarrassing in trying to convince us that they were going off script and uh, taking the fight into their own hands. And I never got that sense watching this match. Instead, I think they just, you know, simply took the story and used they, it. To... They didn't
1: overthink it way. They no, were trying it... to play this to an audience that is like looking for this to turn into a shoot. They're like, no, we're going to go out there. We're going to have a great match, but we're going to do it as like a grudge match mm-hmm. and play into that where we have that audience already believing in that. We don't have to convince anyone of, of yep.
0: this. We have done the work. It was the best creative choice. I mean, they, you know, they took what what is a story that I think has captivated the public's attention, and they used it towards creating the art.
1: So, so some highlights here: saw Flair climbing up and then getting shoved to the floor, selling her knee. Uh, they exchanged uh, slaps, uh, chops in this. You got Charlotte yelling, "Talk all your shit, Becky. Talk all your shit." And there's a great story in John Moxley's book about. Being called to the production uh, truck and being informed that he had said "fuck" on the broadcast and had to apologize to Kevin Dunn, and this became quite the quite the ordeal about the the horror of swearing on a on a broadcast. And, and Charlotte has kind of uh, made this kind of her calling card of late.
0: I mean, obviously, the, you know, shit is no longer on the banned list of words. That's true. That is true. Fuck fuck though i mean on pay-per-view you should maybe could have gotten away with it uh
1: flair caught becky with the andrade spinning elbow and then dropped her with a boot pat mcafee says this will be t- this match will be talked about 20 years from now and documentaries will be made about tonight so he-, he got the wrong survivor series um becky hit the manhandle slam flair gets her foot on the rope and then becky does a woo before going for the figure four and then the two are like Trading slaps like the Frank Shamrock boss rooting spot as Flair is in the hold and then reverses it. Becky is then knocked off the apron and Flair hits her moonsault off the top that, I mean, it barely grazes Becky Lynch. And the announcers could not help but note that uh, yeah, she she got enough of her, I guess. It was not that close, but it's the latest
0: kayfabe news headline is Charlotte, Charlotte hits Flair. her moonsault. Charlotte Flair delivers graceful moonsault that almost makes contact with the opponent. Yeah, and um, it's, man, it's like, it's, it's, it, it is a certain running gag uh, in pro wrestling at this point. The, the I mean, best, it's,
1: it's a backflip landing on your feet. That's it. It's hardly even a moonsault in the traditional yeah. sense.
0: And it's not the landing on the feed part, but more so maybe just, you know, the the contact with the opponent. And I don't even know if it's necessarily her or if it's the people that are supposed to catch her to make that contact. Um, But it, it's it's even more amusing when Charlotte like sells it like I'm the best. You see that I'm the best. But even commentary like had to call it out. Oh, she didn't really make contact there. So it's uh, it's probably something that um I would love to see her, you know, change up a little.
1: I would also wonder, like, it's, like, the way she's coming down, it's, like, to land on her feet. So it's not even the most, like, catchable position. Um, at the same time, it's, like, over time, my God, are you putting a toll on your knees doing this This version of your moonsault as opposed to where you are caught and you're not taking all of the force, like, on your, on your legs where you're landing?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not... Uh, <laughs> tenth of the athlete that this person would be so hard for me to say
1: well then keep doing it it's uh it's her version of the moonsault uh flair applies the disarmor on becky who gets to the rope and then flair tries an o'connor roll grabs the rope which the referee catches becky reverses it and at the last second she grabs the rope that the referee misses and becky pins her in 18 minutes and 15 seconds essentially the same way she got the pin at crown jewel last month and flair just kind of smiled that she had got caught took her title left um i wasn't crazy about the finish but this was a very strong match
0: i mean uh, going into this pay-per-view for both of the title matches i was expecting screwy fuck fuck finishes with like run-ins and all that so considering all that i actually felt like this was probably in both cases with both title matches probably you probably got the cleanest types of finishes that you could have expected given both both champions um
1: there was a lot of protecting on this show so yes we we kind of uh we, we had a lot of creative finishes for some of these elimination matches so i guess this is uh this was on the higher side of clean
0: mm-hmm. and all in all i thought this was a very good match you know it was the match i had the most interest going in thanks to the story and the media that both did and whatever you thought of like whether or not you bought into the storyline it did allow this crowd to suspend their disbelief enough to get into the intensity of this match and they created a wonderful atmosphere that to me lasted through this entire what felt like a 30 minute match you know um the tension i thought was carried really well throughout both of them weren't afraid to hit a little bit harder throughout it all and to me you know it it made sense with both being heels the fact that you would have both of them trying to screw one another in the finish so I I thought they turned this into a fun piece of fiction.
1: Yeah, there there was quite the interview that Becky did on WWE.com after this and I mean she just kind of like she starts crying um just based off of like this is you know you're just coming off the the high of this match and kind of reflecting on where her relationship with Charlotte has gone and it just seemed like it was uh it, it was quite the interview if you have the time to watch it. So after that, um, we go to a series of rock highlights, starting with his on-screen debut at the Survivor Series in 1996. I have been a, vi- I've been a big stickler for this. There, there's no, when it comes to anniversaries, there's no lower point in pro wrestling history than the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania as it was marketed in 2009, taking place at the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. But they have come a long way, and this was the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut at the Survivor Series this month from 1996 to 2021. So they have learned anniversaries after all this time, and I do feel the need to applaud them for making this very, very basic, um, this basic step in logic, math skills, that here we are to celebrate the 25th anniversary.
0: Not exactly the same date. But no, no, enough. but
1: hey, we're we're close enough. We're within uh we're within a week of the anniversary. So same vicinity? Uh, same vicinity, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, same state. Um not off by an entire year. So that's <laughs> good. Sure. <laughs> Men's Survivor Series match. Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory against SmackDown's Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corbin, King Woods and Sheamus. Pat McAfee is saying there is a year's worth of bragging rights at stake. It's not just about ratings that you talk about. It's how you perform at the Survivor Series two way.
0: I would love to see them brag about ratings, like just a segment each week of like them trash talking each other about who did the better I don't give prime a demo. Shit,
1: that you guys went five and two. Look at our eighteen to forty nine <laughs> Friday nights. You bitches on cable. Call us up when you want a real audience. Yeah, shut up. You guys couldn't even beat the bunny in a head to head commercial free match. Amazing. <laughs> this is these are This is next level it. trash talk. So dude, I I had to pinch myself at the beginning here because I never thought I would live to hear this was a light chant. I don't wanna like oversell this, but we got a chant of let's go SmackDown, let's go <laughs> <Diddley>. raw <laughs> Dude, they were chanting, let's go SmackDown, let's go Raw. And then it kind of petered out. I imagine it was probably like 10 guys, but I could hear it. And it was astounding to me. I've never heard these chants in my life. So there
0: you go. Well, some people have a preference for a day of the week. You know.
1: The match begins and Kevin Owens walks out on his team and is immediately counted out. Um, I hope this man gets a tremendous payoff for this pay-per-view. What a night's work for Owens. And this was great. I didn't dislike it. I mean, you know, like the
0: setting it up in the pre-show by trying to say that this would be his opportunity to make it up to the team raw and then instead swerving on them and furthering his heel character.
1: I had no issue with it at all. If Gets his, out of if his match, absence had greatly uh, hindered this match, uh, sure, you could complain about it, but um, this was advancing no. the story and i thought you still got a great match out of this and and you're pushing the owens thing i i think owens feels like a much more interesting heel at the moment on raw than seth rollins
0: absolutely you know it prevents owens from taking the pinfall and yep. gives gives raw the disadvantage early on
1: Jeff Hardy was so popular on -hmm. this show. I think we say this all the time. And they recognized it because he got to be the focused member of SmackDown. Didn't get Mm -hmm. protected like Drew, but nonetheless, they they rode the Hardy wave uh, in this match.
0: Was more well-liked than Drew. Yeah, he was.
1: Oh, Jeff Hardy was, I would say Jeff Hardy was the most over babyface in this match, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you say? He was ahead of Balor. He was ahead of Drew. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he was very popular. Corbin was the next elimination after Balor hit the the coup de grace. Lashley comes in and grabs McIntyre and ends up uh, knocking Woods off the top turnbuckle. He is tagged. He spears Woods and eliminates him with the hurt lock. Balor and Rollins did some brief like tag team spots together. And if this were a company that had any interest in tag teams, uh, Balor and Rollins, uh, they worked great together here as a, Like, babyface tag team for, like, two minutes here with their sling blades. And then there was a dive spot by Rollins. And then Balor leaped over to send them both down to the ground. Lashley and McIntyre get tagged in. They're talking about their big history. And they just brawl on the floor. And McIntyre hits Lashley with a claymore. Uh, uh, This is after they are counted out. So that was your way to get rid of Lashley and Drew McIntyre with a, a count out as they brawl over the barricade.
0: Yeah, definitely a, a cop out. Um, but to me, it, it's ex- expected for some of these bigger names in this match. Um, this one though, I don't see any sort of follow up with. No, it's just, you know, getting two big name guys out of the match.
1: Rollins waved goodbye. So Drew hit him with the Glasgow kiss, allowing Sheamus to get a near fall and then Balor comes in, hits Sheamus with the shotgun, misses the coup de grace, and Sheamus lands the brogue kick, pinning Balor. So it's down to Rollins and Austin Theory against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. And one of the announcers notes, there's a history between Seth Rollins and Austin Theory.
0: Which announcer I, said that?
1: Uh, one of them. I don't know. Okay. I was I was more focused on, wait a minute. Is there a history between Seth Rollins and Austin Theory? This is yeah. a complete blank in my in my memory way of the Rollins Austin Theory Murphy uh, alliance that lasted last year. I dude to- completely forgot about this until it was brought up on commentary.
0: Well, I don't know if they w- they would have recognized it cuz um I feel like this was meant to be like theory's actual debut and that we're not supposed to remember the other one. Yeah, way.
1: it it kind of that's kind of what they do in WWE is that if you get called up and then you get sent back down, the first time doesn't count. You're that's yeah. not part of your history.
0: Like what would Austin Theory's 25th anniversary date be?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um it would um it would probably have to be uh it could be his um coming to Raw with his first selfie. It could be <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, there's there's multiples uh, that you could choose. First NXT run, second NXT run. First, yeah,
0: I will run. say they made a lot more reference to like their prior uh, the prior histories of of um, the, some of their wrestlers outside of the WWE here. You know, FCW being brought up with yep. uh, some interactions, OVW being brought up, um, NXT even uh, even NXT they recognize on this show. Pat's not familiar. Uh,
1: they kind of referenced uh, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy's past.
0: Yeah, kind of, kind of. I suppose it's been, has it been long enough that we can like you know gloss do a
1: poetry in fr- motion spot <laughs> together after you uh, recklessly made fun, made fun of my my uh, <laughs> my drug dependency. Okay, fine. You're on all fours. Let's do a poetry and motion. We're on together. the
0: same show.
1: Can know? we do the the ten beats as well? Yeah. Okay. You're not such a bad guy, Seamus. <laughs> There's some rivalries that maybe maybe it should not be water under the bridge. But hey. Uh, Rollins yanked Hardy off the apron. Sheamus had no one to tag and theory caught him with a roll up using the trunks for the pin. And then Sheamus attacked Jeff as he was not there. Rollins hits a frog splash. Hardy kicked out and then Hardy fights back. He hits a swanton eliminates Austin theory. So he gets his, uh, win back on theory. What? What? He had lost to theory and then what he beat him on his way out of raw. I think I can't remember.
0: I think theory beat him. Did he Uh, on the uh, way out
1: theory beat him? That's right. Theory beat him, and then Jeff laid him out after the match. That's yeah. right. Hardy then hits the twist of fate. He climbs up. The crowd's going wild, lands on Rollins' knees, and Rollins hits the stomp to pin Jeff Hardy in 29 minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, th- this was a very good uh, elimination match, I thought.
0: I thought so, too. I thought uh, everybody did a fantastic job in this. I think the best, you know, the most important part of this whole thing was that they read the crowd really well by positioning Jeff Hardy as a central focus, as the biggest baby face of this match, keeping him, saving his elimination for the very end. Um, and
1: it also helped that he was expendable enough that will mm-hmm. put him to the end and he'll be pinned because they weren't going to do that with Drew. And the match yeah. was better for it with Jeff Hardy in that role. And he can eat that loss. Um, I thought, I thought Seth looked really great in in this as well. Mm -hmm. Like as a, as an in-ring performer, this guy is terrific. Um,
0: I enjoyed him. I thought, I thought Seamus looked really good. I thought Lashley's intensity. Anytime he got tagged in there, uh, really felt like, you know, a step above the, the, the rest. So he came across really special.
1: Man got red tights for this.
0: Wow, just for this, eh, and you know they did what like i i feel like theory was meant to be the 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 up and coming project of of theirs by you know being the the least experienced guy here, but they gave him a big win over who did he pin uh Balor was it sheamus oh sheamus, okay, he got the a big pin over over sheamus, so that's sort of his like you know claim to fame and you know with with owens leaving the ring like to me that that did a decent job of cementing his his heel turn so I I didn't dislike this. I like this match.
1: I guess the question is with Rollins, or sorry, with Owens, is like who do you have to kind of take him to task for walking out on the team? Like that's a weird dynamic for Rollins to play.
0: Maybe they don't even like. So who's up next for for Biggie? It's Rollins, right?
1: Yeah, Rollins slash Owens, wherever. They go, it's kind of like a three-way program at this
0: point. Oh, so there you go. I mean, may- maybe it would be weird,
1: but... I mean, what, what do you even have to be that upset about? You walked out on us and we still managed to win. So what was your value True. at the beginning? Maybe that's the <laughs> yeah. way they go about it. Then we move on. And there's a clip of The Rock winning his first title at the Survivor Series in 1998. And it's the uh, the 23rd anniversary of that title win. Roman Reigns walks up to a security guard in front of Vince McMahon's office. The guard just walks away, a pretty lousy guard, and Reigns walks in and he meets with Vince McMahon and Cleopatra's egg. This is where Vince explains that it's the real Cleopatra's egg given to him by Reigns' cousin. And the egg is worth $100 million. Reigns says, that's what my next contract's worth. Ha ha, pal. Guess what? (laughs) Not putting a no-cut clause in there. And that was that was the segment to uh, just name drop Dwayne Johnson and further introduce us to this egg, which would have a this would be the um the biggest egg to have a role on a Survivor Series since 1990. That is correct. Yeah, I th- I thought that they
0: were going to tie it into the gooker somehow. So maybe we'll, maybe that'll still happen. We'll see.
1: Twenty five man battle royal. Sami Zayn. Umberto. Hey, so I
0: didn't I didn't fully miss Succession tonight. I got to see Roman Roy in the crowd.
1: Yes, yes. the 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 real leader of the Roman Empire was spotted here with his mm-hmm. uh, with his brother. And not that Zavik. brother. No, no, not that brother.
0: I feel like Macaulay would, would have moved on to AEW by now. Like he's a huge wrestling fan.
1: Do you remember it was when WrestleMania was in Tampa? Yeah. When they switched the titles and took it off Bray Wyatt that he tweeted out that he's selling his WrestleMania tickets or something. And it was wow. some crazy tweet that had like, you know, like 40,000 likes or something attached to it.
0: Mm. Interesting. So,
1: yeah, maybe. Um, so in the Battle Royale, we had Sami Zayn, Umberto, Angel, Apollo Cruz, Commander Aziz, Otis, Gable, Benjamin, Cedric, Ziggler, Rude, Jinder Mahal, Shanky, Slim Shanky. AJ Styles, Omos, Gulak, R-Truth, The Vikings, Street Profits, Mansoor, Cesaro, T-Bar, and Ricochet. But more important way, who would get entrances? Your answers, Sami Zayn, AJ and Omos, The Street Profits, and Ricochet. Could the grass be greener on SmackDown? I was shocked that Ricochet got his own entrance.
0: Me too. Yeah. Um, Maybe already a step up from where he was up, up on Raw. Getting his own entrance.
1: So this was a not-so-clever Pizza Hut commercial. They came out, they were surrounded by pizza at the entrance, and then the ring was surrounded by pizza. Pe- it was a pizza, it was a lumber pizza match. Sure, yeah. It had more to do with Pizza Hut than The Rock. That's for sure. That's true. And and no one was expecting, um, you know, the head of Pizza Hut to show up at the end of the night. Uh, who's that? So this was just uh, Omos throwing out guys. Of the 25, he eliminated 12 people in this match. There was a chant of, we want pizza at one point. Uh, Shanky had a stare down with Omos. Omos won. And then it was just Omos launching dudes. That was pretty much it. Sami Zayn realized that it's just him, Ricochet, and Cesaro remaining on SmackDown. And they are outnumbered by Raw. So Sami Zayn tried to literally give his team members red notice, but they were not interested in helping, and thus they Zayn got eliminated. Uh, Omos eliminates Commander Aziz, and Styles is yelling at Aziz from the floor. Aziz grabs the arm like he's a uh, Sid with Hulk Hogan, and then Omos is holding on to AJ's leg, so it's a tug of it's a tug of AJ, and Omos ends up getting hit letting go of the leg and AJ falls to the floor eliminated uh, and is eliminated. So Omos is upset. He throws out Cruz. He fights off everyone else. It's down to Omos, Montez Ford and Ricochet. Ford is tossed out and then Ricochet picked up Omos off the ground and he scoop slammed him. No, he was tossed out immediately. 10 minutes, 38 seconds. Omos wins. And that was it. It was I think pretty clear when they made the announcements of who was going to win this. They were not going to beat Omas in this battle royal. And I guess you planted a bit of a seed here with AJ, if you want to explore that uh, down the road.
0: I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, I mean, really just a way of building Omos. uh, I thought it was really effective in doing that. Battle royals always are for giants. And uh, this was probably more effective than having another tag match with Omos or even a singles match with Omos. It played to his strengths. You can book around him. And it sold a lot of
1: pizza. Well, those are the important things that we have to take into account uh, when, when rating matches in 2021. Is, uh, what what effect did this have on, on, on Pizza Hut? I mean, how much revenue did it draw? Um, probably a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a clip of The Rock in the Royal Rumble in 2000, which he did not win. This was the Big Show win, remember? That they showed the video footage of when they screwed up the finish.
0: So why did they show this?
1: Uh, so someone didn't realize how this uh, how this ended. The Rock was su- the Rock was thrown over the top, and he was supposed to do the near elimination, but his feet hit the ground. So they just went with it that night uh, and pretended that he didn't get eliminated. But then they turned it into an angle that Big Show had evidence that Rock was eliminated.
0: I guess they couldn't fit all that into these 30 seconds.
1: Maybe the 25th anniversary of that Royal Rumble in a couple of years. Hmm. They'll address this. The Usos against Randy Orton and Riddle. Uh, Usos had the heat on Riddle for the first half of the match, building up to a hot tag from Orton, who is just doing all his moves on the Usos. He drops Jay and Jimmy onto the announcer's desk and then hits a draping DDT, but the RKO gets stopped. Riddle comes in, big burst of offense on the Usos, and Riddle gets hit with the Alley Oos, which is identified. And Pat McAfee, ali Oos. I love that. It's like this dude is learning about this whole roster for the first time tonight.
0: Yeah, or at least he's acting. But maybe he's not. Yeah, I don't like he's a busy man. I, I don't doubt he he's probably not spending three hours in front of his TV every Monday night.
1: There's double super kicks to Orton and Riddle. Riddle kicks out, and a J goes for the Uso splash onto Riddle, but as he leaps off, gets hit with an RKO out of nowhere, and Orton pins J in 14-46. And (laughs) Raw has now clinched. This was their fourth win, so they've won the series tonight.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Spectacular finish. You know, good match, high pace of action. I think the Usos are tremendous. They have good chemistry with Riddle. Uh, and Orton nailed that finish, man. Um, a good way to commemorate his WWE record for most pay per view matches.
1: Huge, apparently. huge historic victory for Randy Orton. I-, I thought the match was fine. Like, not nothing wrong with it. Nothing spectacular about it either. But the finish was nice. Yes,
0: I found it really difficult though for me to care about this match because there we have no rivalry whatsoever. You know, much like Priest and Nakamura, this was simply them being put together because they're both the champions. Nothing at stake. Not even pizza. Um, but you know, action was good. Lively crowd, if you cared about that.
1: But with his, you just brought up his historic win that gives Randy Orton a pizza history. (laughs) Excellent. Next clip was The Rock at WrestleMania twenty eight in two thousand twelve. He won. Adam Pearce and Sonia Deville are with Vince McMahon. Vince sits down and he notices that Cleopatra's egg is missing. Call the cops. Vince wants Pierce to interview every performer because he suspects it's got to be this talent that I hire. And he says to go interview them one by one and or else I will be on Raw tomorrow night to get to the bottom of it. So Detective Vince is coming to Raw in Brooklyn and Michael Cole just totally jumps to the conclusion that they are not going to solve this mystery tonight and that both Raw and SmackDown members will be on Raw tomorrow night because of this missing egg. I'm not making any of this up. Tremendous
0: foresight, yeah. But, I mean, you know what? Besides bringing Vince onto onto their TV, I mean, another kind of device we've seen them use in order to boost a rating is to tease a mystery. You know, who... um,
1: one of the classic Survivor Series mysteries was who ran over Steve Austin. Took sure. him a year to solve that.
0: Yeah. Um, who attacked Enzo? Like, remember that? You know, like that. That. It's just. So, who stole Vince McMahon's uh, Cleopatra's egg? Oh, um, please
1: tell me that when we find out the assailant, they admit,
0: "I did it for the Rock." <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Would that be a big, big enough payoff? I wonder.
1: Oh, it ties it all together.
0: I don't know. But I i don't even... Do you think we'll have this mystery revealed tomorrow? Um, do you have any guesses who it could be?
1: I hope. I hope that this is a year and a half long mystery. And The Rock announces he is coming back to WrestleMania in 2023 to find out who stole my fucking egg. <laughs>
0: Yeah, forget the feud with Roman. You know he's he's here for the egg.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the women's Survivor Series match, Team Raw was Bianca okay, Belair. Uh,
0: uh, before we move on, a better question: If you are the producers of Red Notice, if you're Netflix, whoever they did this deal with, was this over a the sat- moon. over. Yeah, over was this satisfying integration of your product?
1: hundred percent. I'm sure they loved this, and I'm sure they paid. Uh, an enormous amount for this. Integ- th- this was plastered all over the show. Um, mm-hmm. I hope they were happy with it. And they're getting a storyline yeah. out of it.
0: No, totally. Like you've seen this stuff. It's, it's, it's corny as hell for a, a fan, but um, <laughs> not so corny when you look at their bank account.
1: You know what I started watching last night? Red Notice. No.
0: Squid Game. Oh, you're a bit you're about like I'm two months late. late. I'm way late okay Anne.
1: uh it's nuts but but in a good way,
0: I feel like we're even in like the like we can even talk spoilers now. I don't care oh okay well I have no nothing to say about it, yeah, it's fantastic. it's great. I started watching a Tiger King season oh, two
1: i I will not watch that second season,
0: yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna continue um but I it's have, it's I there.
1: Have, Negative interest in that, but yes, it is out. How 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 many episodes did you watch of it?
0: Just um, I just had to stop actually during the first one, just because um, I had to watch this.
1: So is is Carol Baskin's uh, ex husband? He's alive. Is that the big reveal?
0: I had no idea. I'm not even that far into. I
1: don't it. even know if that's true or not.
0: What? Yeah, really.
1: I don't know the answer, but I think I'm right. Okay, I think that's whatever. You
0: could be right. Okay, maybe you
1: just spoiled it for me. No, that, that show's ruined from the beginning. You're not spoiling anything. Hmm. Okay, the women's Survivor Series match: Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Carmella, Zelina, and Liv Morgan against Sasha Banks, Shotzi, Shayna Baszler, Natalia, and Tony Storm. Carmella was getting her mask returned to the ring, was rolled up by Tony Storm in like the first ninety seconds, so Carmella's gone. Baszler and Ripley were in for a while and Baszler blocked several attempts at the Riptide and then Baszler got Ripley's back to the Kirifuda Clutch. Ripley just threw her off and the Riptide gets stopped by Shotzi. All the women come in and this leads to Banks and Air being tagged. So after the, the delay, after SummerSlam, here was our one-on-one showdown in the ring. Uh, didn't Banks they, have, was able didn't they have an actual match, these two? A singles match? I don't think
0: so. Am I wrong
1: about that? I think that was one combination they have not done. Oh, okay. Uh, they did the three way, obviously, at Crown Jewel.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Banks is able to get her in the bank statement, kicks off the rope, but Belair gets to her feet and escapes. And Belair goes for a handspring, knocks Natalia to the floor, but then the KOD is countered by Banks. Vega comes in, and boom, she's eliminated by Tony Storm. So Tony Storm got two eliminations in this. Morgan fought off Baszler, hit Oblivion onto Tony Storm for the elimination. There was, for, for Liv Morgan, it's it's strange. It's like there's some crowds that go nuts for Liv Morgan, or at least louder than you'd assume. And this, it's like she gets this elimination, this crowd could not care at all.
0: No, this was, I mean, New York is, you know, one one of the, the smart mark crowds. And I feel like they were gravitating a whole lot more towards Tony Storm, who they seem to recognize as somebody with a lot of untapped potential. Uh, somebody who is not being booked to the level that I think they respect her as, whereas Liv Morgan, a bit more lukewarm, at least, you know, in terms of a in-ring accomplishment and maybe ability.
1: Then she tries oblivion onto Shayna Baszler. It stopped. She applies the cure food of clutch, but then Shotzi and Banks hit frog splashes onto Liv and Liv was gone. After being outnumbered, uh, Ripley gets drilled by a knee from Shayna Baszler, and Ripley is gone. Belair is now on her own. It's four on one with Banks, Shotzi, Baszler, and Natalia left on the SmackDown team. Uh, Banks and Shotzi are arguing on the floor. Banks then shoves Shotzi into Baszler, and the team just implodes, and they get Sasha counted out. This was the lamest elimination of the whole night.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. And it was very, I mean, it was very similar to Drew and Lashley, but I think the main difference is number one, this crowd had already seen it, you know, in the prior prior match, uh, prior elimination match. So doing it again feel, feels very uncreative. Secondly, this was Sasha Banks. She is one of two stars in this entire match and the only star remaining on that, on, on, uh, what is it, Team SmackDown. Yep. So you had no more people for this crowd to cheer for. Um, And it just felt like a really kind of unsatisfying finish and a, an unsatisfying end to, to Sasha's night.
1: Agreed. Uh, Belair takes on the, the remaining three. She broke out of the sharpshooter, sending Natalia into Basil on the apron, cradles Natalia. Then she, so Natalia's out. Baszler attempts to Kirifu to clutch. It's countered with the KOD. Baszler's out. And then Shotzi is the last one and gets pinned with the KOD. Bianca wins in 23 minutes and 46 seconds. Um, I like the idea of Bianca having to overcome the numbers and such. um, But I thought the Sasha elimination was really lame. And I think parts of this went too long. I I was not as into this elimination match. I thought the
0: match like kind of fell apart in the middle mm-hmm. this crowd started doing the wave yes and i feel and they
1: won them back when sasha and uh, bel-air got tagged in together like they those are the two they wanted to see in this so yeah and i think they it's like you won them back temporarily and then lost them again with the sasha elimination and the way in which they did it
0: i mean this to me highlighted a real problem with the women's division outside of your top four in bianca sasha charlotte and becky they have had a terrible track record of trying to create stars in this women's mid card. And you have to look no further than how they booked something like a queen's crown tournament to put that blame entirely on the company and Sorry, not do the talent realize,
1: themselves. Do you realize this match was longer than the queen's crown tournament?
0: Dude, like the fucking uh red note pizza hut commercial I feel was, was probably longer than the entire queen's crown tournament. Yeah. Um, so I, it's to me, not as much of an indictment on, on the women, but more so their poor booking and maybe an indictment on how poor some of the characters that they have given TV time to have been like to me, like a reaction like this is, is to be expected when you have characters like, you know, this, this Zelina Vega thing, which has been awful. This Carmela mass deal, which has been awful um you know so it it was not a well-received match this deep into the show as well so uh, to me it's it just more so highlights ongoing problems with the women's division there are some positive takeaways though i felt like you know this was a big position for shotzi to be in being one of the final two and i think it shows a certain level of confidence they have in her and a desire that they have in wanting to make her a star by putting her in this position um Beller and Sasha received tremendous reactions from this crowd, and it tells you there's still a lot of interest in a future match. By the way, they did have a match in October, these two, on SmackDown. Okay. Um, Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, And uh, Bianca Beller continues to be pushed as a lead female babyface, arguably uh, of this entire company. So there's that.
1: The final clip for The Rock was his appearance on the first SmackDown on Fox two years ago with Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin. Setting you up for the main event. Paul Heyman is backstage. He gets jumped by Kayla. Heyman doesn't know anything about the theft of the egg and blames the fans in Brooklyn. And Kayla says that she has heard that Brock Lesnar's suspension is no longer indefinite. And Heyman gets very serious and saying she should speak with Adam Pearce. So I hope Brock can get a refund on that ticket that he has bought for the Staples Center slash Crypto.com Arena, because that was the story. He was going to buy a ticket to come to SmackDown on December 10th.
0: Okay.
1: You just, or just sell it on StubHub, maybe? Yeah, maybe, maybe he can get, go on to the secondary market with uh, with that ticket. Maybe even get a markup. Roman Reigns and Big E. Um, you notice Nick Khan was in the front row. I did not. I don't know if he came out for just for this match because I didn't notice him before, but he was out here in the front row to watch this. Reigns uh, goes to the floor early on after Biggie's getting the advantage, and Heyman is uh, talking him up that he this is this is his his domain. Um, what'd you think of Biggie's uh, outfit? It was very like uh, Seinfeld inspired.
0: Was it? I didn't notice what was Seinfeld. About? I
1: I don't know the specifics. Everyone was commenting on it though. I I. I couldn't put it together. I wasn't like a huge Seinfeld viewer, so it kind of escaped me.
0: I did I wasn't paying close attention. I don't know. I'm sorry.
1: Well, the first half of this match, the crowd was not paying that much attention. It was a very like subdued crowd for for a, for a main event on on a pay-per-view. Like it just seemed like this was an audience that was either tired or they were convinced that The Rock was showing up and realized this is probably going to be a long match and we're not going to quite get into things. And then, if they were contemplating that potential cameo, Reigns gets out of a stretch muffler and hits a rock bottom as the crowd starts chanting Rocky. I <laughs> I, I don't know why you're doing this so, so late in the show after all of this, unless you just want to build up your audience's expectations for something you know you're not delivering tonight.
0: Or they're trying to build expectations for tomorrow, which maybe felt more like the intent if there if there was any
1: well um rains hits biggie with three superman- i'm looking at
0: the seinfeld gear right now it's pretty funny
1: Reigns hits biggie with three superman punches but biggie gets to his feet and attempts the big ending it gets stopped and e does his crazy spear off the apron to the floor Back in the ring, Reigns hits the spear. Biggie kicks out. The crowd is up now for the match. Reigns then applies a guillotine in the center. Reigns hoists him up for the big ending, but Reigns grabs the bottom rope. On the floor, Reigns injures his knee and encounters the big ending in the ring, clipping the knee, leading to a spear and a clean win for Roman Reigns in 21 minutes and 53 seconds.
0: You know uh It was a much slower pace, but I feel like when you have a big main event... I feel the same way about Okada matches. I think when you have a big enough main event with, in this case, two champions facing each other... I think a slower pace is necessary and warranted. Um, You know, you can debate whether or not it was maybe the right choice for tonight... Because it certainly didn't receive a great reaction. But I think the concept of having a slower pace leading into a more you know exciting finish... I thought was was, you know, part of this Roman Reigns character. And I thought it absolutely was to be expected. And I thought it was good. I thought it was a good match. No one will call it match of the night. But I felt the audience was uh, captivated largely like throughout, you know, they the got there by the, the end. I
1: would say like the last like seven minutes. I think they really did have them here. But but it was it was a struggle to get there. I would say this was a bit below what my expectation level was of this match. But it was good. Um and
0: they managed to deliver a satisfying conclusion here. Um, uh, Again, you know, like surprised me that they gave us a pretty clean finish here. Only thing protecting Big E in this outcome was this knee injury excuse. Um, But in both cases of both champion versus champion matches, I thought the finishes were a lot clearer than I would have uh, predicted. No run-ins whatsoever. So hopefully it's a sign that they're actually listening to these constant complaints.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was one where I... I could very well have seen like a clean finish. It's just they've that has been the the Reigns character. And I guess the next question is, is this treated much like Drew McIntyre last year where it's almost just they move on, there's no reference to it, and and that's it for for Big E. I I mean you're kind of in that position where you almost have to move on from it.
0: Yeah, I think you kind of have to, you know, you find another way for Biggie to um and you rehab him on Raw. But um, uh, more importantly for me, like is this the end of the Woods storyline? Does Woods continue to seek revenge for that broken crown?
1: Um, I think you have to do stuff with him and Kofi over on on SmackDown. But I mean, in theory, um The New Day should be on Raw tomorrow night as should Roman Reigns. Like they are promoting right? that both rosters are going to be on tomorrow night, so you could do so some follow-up, maybe even, um, you know, I, I don't know what the status is of uh, of Kofi, but the idea of doing that six-man, like, tomorrow, you you could do it if he's
2: healthy.
0: Very possible. Um, I mean, another possibility that they're very much hinting at is something involving The Rock.
1: Uh, we, we'll see. Um, there are certainly, like, 10,000 uh, hints tonight, um, and that kind of was... The basis of the show tonight so that was the survivor series I, I go thumbs in the middle on this show i did not think it was a uh, a great show i really enjoyed the uh, the becky charlotte match and the men's uh survivor series team matches those would be my uh my two matches i would recommend reigns and biggie if you're interested um they do get the crowd by the end i think i think they certainly have a better match in them than what we saw on sunday
0: i thought this was like pretty much like the usual case with wwe pay-per-views you know terrible build but i think it was a good in-ring pay-per-view mostly enjoyable matches i would say a great crowd throughout the entire thing um i would recommend sasha versus or sorry uh bianca what am i thinking uh charlotte versus becky uh i would probably stay away from the women's elimination match but i thought the men's elimination match was really good um you know tag match take it or leave it you know doesn't really matter to me but i thought the main event was a good quality big stakes main event
1: all right we'll go to your feedback not big Uh, stakes what am
0: i saying well two champions i suppose
1: yeah two uh well they're uh, bragging rights maybe they're both going to eat big steaks after tonight's show maybe maybe together All right. Uh,
0: At this point, everybody, uh, if you have anything to say, and if you're watching us live in the Zoom room, we are live for all double double plus patrons after pay per views. If you have anything to say, feel free to raise your hand right now and we will get to your call. Otherwise, we can go to the forum, John, to see what people thought.
1: Okay. Um, We can start off with Dan. Survivor Series was a dreary show for me. There was some all right in running action, but the event as a whole felt stale. If you like sporadic rock highlights and think Brooklyn's best pizza is Pizza Hut, it might be your cup of tea. The crowd seemed as checked out as as me, but at least I liked the Fabergé egg mystery. I can get mix and match wrestling cards anywhere. Angry septuagenarians losing $100 million dollars. $100 $100 million promotional eggs. That's strictly WWE turf. And I'm the dumbass that's going to check in during Monday Night Football ad breaks to see if I can get important updates on the egg mystery. Um, Dan does bring up uh, a point here about the crowd. And I know WWE, they have this formula that you put your biggest match on last and your second biggest match on first. That's fine. I think tonight, though, um, even if you wanted to end with Reigns and Biggie. I would have put on Charlotte and Becky much later in the show, even second last. I think that was a, sh- I think that was like the most uh, intrigue of any of the matches on this show, and I think there was going to be a bit of a come down after that. Not so much the men's match that was felt, but the middle of this show that I think putting that one on first, I I thought was a move that I would have put that match on a bit later. I would have ended it with it. I mean, I would I- have too. After watching tonight's show, I. I didn't see the need that you had to finish this show with with Reigns and Biggie.
0: It was, you know, I know Becky's a heel, but I mean, tonight she was a babyface, and you you leave the crowd with a babyface ending. I, I would say maybe the only reason why you might end with Reigns is if he has a bigger role to play with this whole egg mystery. Again, like all this rock teasing is just. I'm still not believing that he's going to be, you know, on the show or anything tomorrow. But I find it very interesting the fact that they were maybe hinting at it as as hard as they were let's if to- if he's
1: not it's absolutely insane can we can we agree like <laughs> tonight's structuring of the show like it yeah. will be utterly ridiculous um mm-hmm. if you have set all this this stuff up
0: hey let's go to the phones right now and start with Jake from the Windy City
2: Jake what's up hey guys happy sunday how are you doing well what do you well. think of
0: a survivor series
2: uh three words uh i don't care um it's like all, all, at the end of it, it's like all these all these rock teasers which is like it's so extemporaneous throughout the night uh and you know and you are not even Extempo a pre- what? extemporaneous or like <laughs> <laughs> all all around i should say but uh and I, you know could have at least had a pre-taped rock promo from home probably uh mm-hmm. i don't know yeah this was this was just a draining show it had its moments, and there were definitely some good matches. But uh, this low stakes concept really needs to go. Uh, it's just a night of non-title matches and elimination matches over so-called brand supremacy, which the masses don't really care about. So, while you know the fans in the arena um, may might have enjoyed the matches, they clearly don't care about which brand wins. And you know why would they? Uh, and you know all these programs are just are not going to continue uh, right after this. So. I guess the reason to watch Raw tomorrow is to find out who stole the egg. Uh, (laughs) That's the long-term book I'm at least intrigued by. So yeah, I I don't know, but yeah, you know, these pay-per-views, these WWE pay-per-views, they they, like, it's not always bad. Uh, I think that, I think the only problem is like the pacing. Uh, And this one was not really uh, goodly paced uh, compared to, uh, well, well well-paced compared to AEW full gear. Uh, at least, you know, I mean... What do you mean by pacing, though?
0: Well... Because I, well, I, I think some of the ar- arguments coming out of Full Gear was that there was too much going on.
2: Well, I I might be in the minority of this, but I, I didn't really like all the, the the long commercials and the long entrances, which totally mm-hmm. the complete opposite of Full Gear. I mean, granted, yeah, I, I guess there should have been, like, an, an intermission, like, at least, like, one intermission like they do for the New Japan shows for uh, for Full Gear. But uh, that that's basically how I feel about this um i think the one thing is i'm uh the one advantage is there's not really gonna there's not really gonna be a another pay-per-view until uh until january 1st so <laughs> well you don't
0: i mean it sounds like you're torturing yourself by watching these i, I mean you know no,
2: like I, I i really wanted to see i really wanted to see this because like, like you know, considering like what's i'm curious about like what's with all uh Considering it's The Rock's 25th anniversary, like what, what kind of stuff will come up? But, uh, you okay. know, it's like, I, think I, I think I just oh, I, I over... You were disappointed by the show. Deli- yeah, I, I think I was over-delivering this so much. Or mm-hmm. my, my expectations level was high. So that's all I got, guys. So thanks so much. Thank <laughs> you, Jake. You. Appreciate your thoughts. Let's go up next to Hansi. Hansi,
0: what did you think of the show?
3: Uh yeah, yeah, I'm kind of uh, in Jake's territory. I I really I listen. I to those I, I agree with you guys that the Charlotte Becky was probably um my favorite next to uh Biggie and Reigns, and I did like the bends. Uh, but it just like you know, just like with all the other like it, 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 the added nature of that, there's gonna be no consequences. I, well, I imagine that if if they're on if a SmackDown Raw, gonna be on the same show tomorrow. I can probably see that they might do Priest and Nakamura. Like they might have like a couple. Yeah, of Let's matches.
1: have a rematch. I,
3: I, I, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to see it again, but I mean, that's what it is. Right. But, uh, no, I, I, I just thought like, like the, like the women's match, for example, like no one really reacted to anything. And that's kind of what you get when like, you really don't give much, much of them creativity in their undercard and all that. And you kind of have repeat empty matches. And then you, ex- and then when you give them time, people don't care because you haven't invested in the characters. Right. Like, I was thinking earlier before the show began that like it's like it's amazing how like a lot of the lower tier guys like like the utility teams or jobbers in AEW they seem to have more of an uptick than some of the quote unquote mid carders that are presented in WWE like 2.0 and Garcia guys can find their jobbers right but there's way more value I see to them I see Butcher and Blade have way more value than. That, that a lot of the undercard women, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying that, like, I just feel that there's more value in some of the undercard of people in AEW. Like, people don't, the lot of people that don't have titles in AEW, and they still feel like just as, as important as the title holders do. And I, and it just it's sad that this isn't what the creative does. And and then when the people who are being pushed and go and they go above and beyond, they'll give you kind of like. Like, not really that great of finishes. I didn't really like the Becky and Charlotte finish, but, like, that was still a really, really intense match. And I, I, I agree with you guys that that should have been the main event, in my personal opinion, because I, I, I had no problem with Biggie and Rain starting out the thing. And I'll leave you guys with that. But, again, good review, man. I, I appreciate you guys' work.
0: Thanks, Andy. Let's go up next to MJ. MJ from NJ. What's up?
4: I think I unmuted this. Hello, guys. Long time no hey. chat.
0: Hey, it's been a while. How are you doing? Um, and great. Yeah, did, were uh, you, are you in NJ anymore? Uh, I'm in Florida again at the moment.
4: moment. Okay, got it. So Just you didn't go to the town show? No, I did not. And um, so I like watch Raw occasionally when I'm working late. I leave feedback when I do. Um, I am appalled at what I saw tonight. And I did not listen to your feedback yet because I didn't really want to be influenced by it because I had such a visceral reaction to what I saw starts with all the commercials like if i'm a peacock subscriber and you know one of the value ads is that i'm watching wwe i watched basically tonight an episode of monday night raw um i know i didn't see a Zia Lee promo uh, promo because i was watching an ac slater and zach morris commercial um oh they cut that out yeah, and then there was something towards the end that got cut out as well. I forget. Wait, so so so
0: you're on the commercial tier, right? Like the the tier. Yeah, with it must commercials? be
4: must be the commercial tier. Yeah, I share it with uh, with a yeah. family member. Okay. Um, but so I felt like I watched a Monday Night Raw episode, and at that, this roster is way too talented for this to even be Monday Night Raw. Like this would be a bad version of Monday Night Raw if this company was operating like at full. I would say all systems go just based on the roster that they have, like the people that are in these matches, AJ Styles is wearing a red t-shirt that says USA network. Um, I think this company obviously has made a decision um, very forcefully to be a media property. I don't know mm-hmm. who that benefited tonight because it wasn't a good experience as a Peacock viewer Fox and USA are reduced to like these three letters on the back of generic t-shirts on People that they're supposed to be, you know, marketing as superstars. Nothing felt like superstars on this show. Um, the first match, the last match, I guess. But, you know, there was no real build, no story. Um, I don't know of any kind of consumer product that is not trying to figure out ways to continue to engage their fans and make their fans care about a show or about the, you know, the, the actors or the talent or the athletes or the participants in the contest. WWE did nothing to make us care and they continuously do this um, to the point where then they release talent once they introduce them as if we're supposed to care, but then we don't. And I'm just like very skeptical as to where this goes because it's not a good consumer product. And I don't want to compare it to AEW, but if you look at like FS1 and what they've done with their Netflix, Netflix series, and I spent two hours today listening to people talk about golf and like the new premier golf league and how they want to reimagine the consumer experience and the fan experience. They're all trying to figure out new ways to get consumers and fans for these rights deals that WWE thinks that they're getting. Um, all I see is staleness and complacency and you don't think they're gonna get, it, get
0: you don't you don't think they're gonna get their rights deal or an increase think, in their rights deal next time? I
4: think they will get whatever the market will give them, but they are not earning it. They are doing nothing to show that they are going out to acquire a new fan base or grow their fan base or frankly even retain their fan base um think about how many listeners just aren't watching and are basically listen or are, are living through or getting their WWE fixed by you guys and you guys are providing a great service but like you guys are more of a draw than the product that they're putting on TV for a lot of hardcore fans they'll get so whatever the market really still rate is. it's
1: like they they still maintain like a very very strong number that i would say like I think if, if, you're, if you're somebody that is – like, look at the number that are still watching Raw every Monday, er, SmackDown every Friday. It's, like, it's not indicative of this massive revolt that people are, are leaving this, this show in droves. It's still enough that it is more than, more than enough of what is considered successful today.
4: We didn't get a chance to speak. I didn't get a chance to call in. I've been traveling a lot after that Friday night battle. And the thing that stuck out to me the most was not the rating AEW did in the comparison between the two. It was the attrition of how many weekly viewers, a two point something million number of viewers on Fox every Friday, that like just disappeared. And I'm not—I obviously FS1's way different, but it's not a nothing network. And you know, I do think to a degree like their numbers are healthy. But again, I will say that's market. It's like that's what these kind of properties are going to do on these kind of networks. And, you know, if you just move it onto another network in the same time slot, there's a good chance the fans won't follow, which to me is like, you know, it's indicative of habitual viewing or it's just the way the ratings are counted. Um, but, yeah, they'll, they'll continue to be very profitable. They're clearly making business strategies to do so. Um, they have to. I've I've not been shy. I've dabbled as an investor in the company. I certainly was before the last rights deal. I felt way differently then I felt like they were doing things to really go out on a limb by bringing in Rousey and Brock and the U S you know, just the idea that they were going to be able to put out these stars for a Fox lineup. You know, th- there's nothing now. I don't know what they do that really re-energizes the company. Um, and they could start with creative cause they have the talent there. Um, you know, I'll leave Yeah, that. That's, that's, thank you. Anjay.
0: appreciate the call. Yeah. Um, I feel like they will continue to do those things, um, like bringing in a Ronda Rousey when she's available or, you know, another star of the moment that's that'll occur when like I I don't think there's anything different about the show we saw tonight versus every anything we've seen over the past three, four years from this company. It's it's just it's a show that is made to fulfill contracts and to, you know, uh, make money. Like, if anybody should be happy about it, I suppose it should be the stockholders. You know, they've made a lot of money tonight through their various uh, commercial, like, uh, what is it, Capital One, did something DraftKings, did the Pizza Hut shit, um, and it's all, you know, that there is an argument to be said about, like, how many commercials is too much on a show that's supposed to be a pay-per-view, um, but this is a company very much run on their bottom line, and how much money in the at the end of the quarter that they've generated from their various deals. Want to continue, John, or is it me? Jesse?
1: Yes, why don't you go?
0: We got a Jesse from The Six who says, I don't think I've watched any WWE since SummerSlam, and this was a largely unpleasant experience. Maybe you guys are used to it, but I found all the camera cuts and zooms extremely disorienting and even uncomfortable. I don't know why Kevin Dunn thinks this is good television. I understand Roman Reigns is a good actor within a wrestling context. But I found his matches plotting and boring, which is unfortunate, considering that the entire promotion is built around him. I also thought of the wrestling to- a lot of the wrestling tonight was sloppy and well below the level of AEW. Lastly, why was there so much filler on the show? It didn't have to be three and a half hours. But there were so many ads, rock videos, and random mini-documentary on Bobby Lashley for no reason. That is true. The Bobby Lashley thing kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, but- they had something about like Drew as well on this. As well.
0: Yeah, but the rest of it, I mean, was was there... Was it promoting t-
1: anything? Was there anything mentioned at the end? I wasn't paying attention to the, like, little bio pieces. I, I wasn't either. Like, and
0: maybe that's why the pacing of the show didn't bother me so much, because it gave me chances to, like, you know, get a coffee or, like, other things Um versus the nonstop pacing. There, there, there's of- a
1: happy medium. Like, I had more than enough time to, like, take breaks during this show, and I could just keep the show running and come back. Whereas last Saturday... Dude, I was, like, sweating, like, taking notes. So I, was yeah. like, I couldn't even get up off my seat. Like, there's got to be something in between of, like, a, of a viewer experience.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, uh, our opinion about that is strictly for us, you know? Like, it, it's nothing to do with no, the quality of the everyone. show. for yeah, everyone. But that, I hear it even from the audience, like, from, from last week that, you know, hey, like, uh, a bit of breathing room, a bit of pad to, to let previous segments kind of settle in is worthwhile. Uh, but as far as how many, like, all the ads, I mean, again, they're, they're, they're collecting paychecks.
1: Kate writes in, dare I say that this show laid an egg. I never seriously thought that The Rock was showing up, but they were talking about him so much, I felt like there was no way they could be so dense as to keep teasing what they could not deliver. When they mentioned Brock, I thought maybe he was the surprise instead, but nope, the upside is that they certainly, and by doing that promo with, with Heyman, I think they kind of like dangled that one out. That was would have been much more believable, although I think that audience was kind of set on On The Rock, just the way the show was structured. But anyway, Kate goes on to say, the upside is that the company ended up hurting their own show. Biggie and Roman had a very good match, but the crowd was clearly checked out for the first half, and there were even some Rocky chants. Putting Becky and Charlotte... On in the main event spot, and opening with one of the Survivor Series matches, which are supposedly the reason for the whole show, would have managed audience expectations much better and probably kept them more engaged. I very much doubt that I'll have any vivid memories of anything that happened tonight a month from now, but I doubt that WWE creative will either.
0: Finally, we go to Dickie Bird who says, after watching tonight's show, my brain feels scrambled. The opening was a cracking match, but by the end it was a shell of itself. Dare I say some of these performers will be better off, better off if AEW poaches them. Two thumbs sunny side down.
1: I see. He uh, made a very egg thematic there. Well, this is exciting way. This this egg mystery. I can't believe this is going to be our number one storyline. Um, will it be resolved on Monday? Will this be a multi-month uh, mystery?
0: It depends how long that co-promotional contract is.
1: Well... Uh so that's what we know for Raw tomorrow night. Both rosters present at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Vince McMahon, presumably on the show to find out who stole his goddamn egg. And um that's maybe it uh we can't get Cleopatra. Um I don't know who else uh I don't know. I, I have no idea. But that's that's your three hour tease for for Raw on Monday night. Yep, there you go.
0: And, uh, oh, uh, no, we will not be back for a daily news update tomorrow because we're doing this show right now. So we will be back with our daily news updates on Tuesday, which we are doing throughout the month of November. And those will be available at YouTube dot com slash post wrestling. Subscribe if you haven't already. Still trying to hit 10K before the end of the month. And if you want audio dil- delivered directly to your phone, become a patron at post That's
1: right. And patrons will not only get uh, daily news updates uh, Tuesday through Friday this week. But on Tuesday night, it's volume three. Pollock and Ting talk.
0: Ooh, we will actually talk. Wow.
1: We're going to talk. Yeah. uh, And I'm not going to ask you any. any, I'm not going to say the letters WWE or AEW in that discussion. That's going to be my goal.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Just a a bit of a note here. We have the latest edition of WrestleNomics up on this feed. So just scroll down here and listen to it after you listen to this. If you haven't already, Uh, Brandon and Chris Colo. Talk about the WWE releases that just took place and Brandon's very thorough investigation into how much exactly full gear might have generated. So it's very interesting and we highly recommend you guys check out WrestleNomics.
1: Thorough Thurston as always. So uh, Mm. check out that show uh, up on the site now postwrestling.com and we're back Monday night 1115 Eastern. Who stole the egg? We'll find out.